Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to my Grand Slam Journey podcast, where I, together with my guests, discuss various topics related to finding purpose, maximizing our potential, sports, life after sports, and transitioning from one chapter of our lives to the next. Today's episode is one of the new formats that I'm trying out. As I mentioned during my episode number 16, I'm working to iterate on my podcasting journey. And so today I want to add some updates to the announcements as well as share with you some of my thoughts about power and quitting. Announcements. I have decided to deploy a four-week podcasting cycle where I plan to bring you two guest speakers a month One short episode, such as this one, that will provide some food for thought. It typically consists of things that I'm reading or ideas and topics I'm exploring. And the fourth week, I plan to have a coffee chat with my girlfriends about various topics related to leadership, business, and technology. And so today's episode is about power and quitting. Why power and quitting? Starting with power, if you are following me in my posts, you probably know how much I had fallen in love with the book Power for All. I just finished reading it. And in the last episode, we talked about the first question, what do people involved value? Today, I thought it'd be very valuable to dive into the second question, which is who controls access to what they value? Again, who controls access to what they value? And pair Julie and Tiziana, these two questions are really key to understand the power map in your society, organization, pretty much any sort of setting that is not just one person, you who's the ultimate power decision maker. And so the question, who controls access to what they value, is described in chapter four of the book, Power for All, again, written by Julie, Betelana, and Tiziana Casiaro. I loved how they start the chapter with an example of Donatella Versace, who was sister of the famous designer Gianni I've actually went on and watched the House of Versace movie over the holiday. I also watched the House of Gucci movie. I have to say that both of them are fantastic. And both of them have very interesting demonstration of power. The chapter four in the book describes beautiful examples of the importance of mapping power. Some of the interesting dynamics in this book are that power is not always related to authority. And so you may have people that are in positions of authority but may not have high power or influence, and vice versa. The book also writes, authority lets bosses issue directives, but it doesn't necessarily mean people will follow them. And those who have no formal authority can still influence others' behavior if they control access to a critical resource. And this chapter has some really great examples that talk about how people at different levels of organizations have used their power 
to create larger influence and impact growth of business. Page 73, it writes that anyone who wants to enact change, no matter how high in the hierarchy they may be, must identify the right people to work with. Even the best change is unlikely to be adopted when placed in the hands of someone who isn't well-connected to implement it. And then we get into the mapping power. The importance of understanding who are the powerful players in your immediate circle, your organization, your institution, your industry or profession. What resources do those players value and what valid resources does each possess? And what is the nature of your relationship with each of them? On page 75, Julie and Tiziana also write that as people get more powerful, they become less likely to harness the power that comes from accurately viewing the network beneath them. I thought this was interesting and I do resonate with that from my own experience. I often found that actually being closer to the ground really helped me understand of how things get done, who to reach out to to help me progress with specific parts of a project, and have better ideas of what should company improve to become better and grow. I feel when you get too elevated from that bottom layer that enables the company to perform, it is really hard to understand reality. And so one of the things I always considered, by the time that information comes from the bottom all the way to the top, through the number of different hands, usually it's three, four, five levels of chain, it becomes like the silent pose game. <laughs> the message changes and it becomes inaccurate. And so I always wondered how executives know where to make changes. This chapter also writes, that the best power mappers we know are master observers of their social environment. And so if you're somebody who's attentive and can read people, that alone can create huge power for you. On page number 84, Julie and Tiziana write that you can gain power just by knowing who values what and who controls access to those valued resources. Building such a power map is critical and eminently feasible for anyone who pays attention and asks good questions. And then I specifically want to dive into this dynamic between men and women that is also described in the book and something I have been contemplating for a while as uh, typically the roles I have had or the industry I come from has been very male-dominated. And so... It seems that the stereotype that is also described on page 85 about how women relate to one another in the workplace, the negative stereotypes portray women as rivalrous, even hostile toward one another. But based on some interesting data that study almost 25,000 different evaluations, the opposite was in fact true. Women rated other women more positively than they rated men on all criteria. There was another study done that evaluated almost 10,000 work relationships and that truly suggested bias towards sex. 
it confirmed this study and the findings and said that on average, women were good to other women. And here, gender solidarity extended to men who were more generous in their evaluations of other men than of their female colleagues. This makes me wonder of how we women can continue to strengthen our women relationships and help lift each other up. Let me just pause here. Perhaps I wanted to close off on this question, who controls access to what they value? Because I thought it was not nice to leave you with just the first question. What do people in Vault value? I do believe those two go beautifully together and they need to be explored in parallel to really understand the power dynamics. If you enjoyed this contemplation about power as well as my episode 16, I am sure you will love my February lineup and some amazing speakers and conversations that I plan to bring you regarding this topic and more. Another topic that I wanted to quickly describe today is quitting. I've listened to a podcast where Annie Duke talked about her new book, Quit, The Power of Knowing When to Walk Away and inspired me enough to order her audiobook. I typically read books, but this one, for whatever reason, I decided to order an audio version. I love Annie's voice. She's such a great narrator, and I have to say it's a beautiful book to listen to. I'm only in chapter four of the audiobook, but I believe it has so much truth. And the focus on grit and perseverance and never given up in our culture often makes us blinded into following something that we have decided to choose as our goal. And we often continue going, perhaps without any valid reasons. Annie, in her book Quit, writes that most people quit too late because of many biases related to loss aversion, our system one that is also written in the book, Thinking Fast and Slow, and the sunk cost fallacy. The more we're invested and the more we're losing, the more we continue to progress on a path that doesn't actually lead anywhere. She talks about achieving state by a date to measure success, and using the state by a date to determine whether one should progress or quit and focus on going a different direction. And he also talks about the perception of quitting and that when most people quit on time, is being perceived by others as quitting too early. Setting accurate goals, state by a date, and evaluating your progress based on this criteria can be really powerful in figuring out are there things you continue to invest your time into that aren't driving the outcomes you should? And so are you better off quitting and pursuing new path that would create more value, success, fulfillment, or however else you define success and the next path for you. I will continue to dive into this book. I may perhaps bring you a separate conversation on just this because I found that topic very interesting. 
I hope you enjoyed this listen. And I'll be back next week with fun conversation with my girlfriends about leadership business. If you enjoyed this episode, I want to ask you to please do two things that would help me greatly. One, please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcasting platform that you use to listen to this episode. Two, please share this podcast with a friend who you believe might enjoy it as well. It is a great way to remind someone you care about them by sharing a conversation they might be interested in. Thank you for listening. Thank you.